0: Hey everybody, unfortunately my new job created some issues, so we have to delay the regular episode one week again. I sincerely apologize, but we will have that three-parter next week, finally, so it will be worth the wait, I assure you, and I think I said this last time, but this should, keyword should, be the last uh, filler type of episode of non-new content, although this, this should be new to most of you. And even the subject matter should be new to most of you. Because this will be a peek behind the Patreon to our Yaiba content. So we'll be going over the first episode of Yaiba. We've really enjoyed talking about Yaiba, which is Gosho Oyama's first show. So I think you will enjoy it too. Thank you for continuing to listen. Hello and welcome to Case Reopens, coverage of Yaiba. Some of our bonus content is going through Yaiba, and you're probably asking yourself, What the hell's Yaiba? Well.
1: <laughs> and why would I care?
0: <laughs> yeah, so. We all know that Detective Conan's by that hack, Gosho Oyama. <laughs> and before he wrote everybody's favorite uh, mystery manga, uh, he basically tried to rip off Dragon Ball, and he did uh, Yaiba.
1: So that's why <laughs> I was getting like, a lot of DB. DV- feels when i watch this
0: yeah this is very much uh similar in the in, in its attitude and feeling of early dragon ball not not quite z It doesn't go off the deep end and all too serious but uh it definitely has some influence there you can see with the even uh even the dad kind of looks like goku
1: yeah well I mean, and, uh, we'll talk about it but definitely like yaiba's character was reminiscent of sun goku
0: Yeah, for sure. And, uh, yeah, so we're covering the anime adaptation of Yaiba, which premiered in 1993. I aired on TV Tokyo for one year, at 52 straight weeks, so there's 52 episodes total. We're going to be covering them one at a time. I've never watched Yaiba. Uh, My only taste of Yaiba was the 1OVA we mentioned, where it's like Kaito Kid versus Conan versus Yaiba. And,. It's really just a wacky thing, and I had no, like, knowledge of these characters, so I was just like, what the hell's going on here? Like, suddenly there's a a tagger, and then there's this old (laughs) grandma, and I'm like, what is I don't know what's going on, but I've never watched the series. I never read the manga. Uh, I believe the anime only covers a few arcs of the manga, and the manga keeps going on quite a bit uh, longer, so if there is demand for more Yaiba, maybe we can cover the manga someday. But uh first off, we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. Maybe everybody hates Yaiba. Who will know? I thought it you know, I will say people will probably dig Yaiba. But Colleen, what's your history with Yaiba? Do, are you are you familiar with it any?
1: Uh no, it's pretty much the same as you, just that one OVA and I don't know if it was just me, if anyone's gonna get this reference, but Yaiba in that OVA for some reason, maybe it was because he was, you know, compared to I mean, Kaido Kid's there, and Conan's there, and uh, but Yaiba came across to me as okay. This is a stretch, but there's that one episode in Pokemon where Ash and friends like come across a herd of Kangaskhan, and there's like this Tarzan boy who protects them. That was Yaiba to me. So I thought that he was just like this wild little kid who knows how to, you know, work a sword or whatnot. So. I kind of didn't even get that he was a samurai, or maybe I forgot that that was even an aspect of it. So, yeah, I went into this pretty blind, no expectations. I didn't read about what Yaiba was all about. Like, I didn't even know if there was a plot to this at all. So, it was very much like a blank slate for me.
0: Yeah, and what's kind of interesting is there are a lot of, like, wild character manga, or, like, you know, series like that. You know, obviously we talked about Dragon Ball. He was. Raised in the jungle, you know, he only had one person with him. And, you know, he's, he was, he made friends with the, uh, with some animals and he knew the lay of the land. And then the dragon, uh, Dragon Quest anime that just premiered last week, it also has that same mold where this kid's on an island of monsters and instead of, of like battling the monsters that everybody finds evil, he's befriended a bunch of them. So, you know, that kind of dynamic's well-worn, and we see it a bit early here. He does have some uh, animal comrades, if you will, Um, but it seems like we're going in a different direction.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we're kind of talking about it as the whole trope, if you will. Like, okay, granted, I think Dragon Ball did it first, but I wouldn't say that Yaiba is the last to have done it, because, like you mentioned, like the Dragon Quest... Um, anime but also i saw a little bit of gone from hunter hunter in here so it's not like it's a thing that has stopped being copied if you will like we still see this many times in shonen style anime
0: and so we are going to cover episode one here which is called samurai of the heisei era enter yaiba this originally aired april 9th 1993 the episode starts with a vulture being chased by a giant ape on a tropical island, and that's when we see Yaiba for the first time, who is watching the chase on top of the tree. He says that the vulture, which is named Shonasuke, has found some prey, and he then hops on down to talk to his father, Kinjuro. While Yaiba wants to chase after the monkey, his father is putting sauce on some meat he's cooking and tells his son that you do not cut an enemy, you cut its presence. We see Yaiba's belly growl. And he's told that patience is part of training. Now, this is quite the eccentric opening here, Colleen, and we're introduced to a couple characters rather quickly. What was your first thought of this anime where you're like, what the hell did Tyler get me into?
1: (laughs) A little bit. I was like, okay, this is a Goshoyama thing, so I'm on board here, but it's definitely like a 180 from Detective Conan, at least for now. Um, So yeah, I mean, I was really getting into the 90s vibe. I love anime from the 90s. I love older style anime, so it was right up my alley. Um, But I thought that this was, you know, setting us up to be sort of this kind of, like, parallel world to ours, sort of like what Dragon Ball does, where it's kind of like our world, but not quite. So I was just like, okay, so obviously, like they're in this you know fictional jungle somewhere and there happens to be you know these two guys living out here with like a vulture and monkeys around so I don't know I was just trying to all t- like take it all in at this point and uh, just kind of you know accepting things as they were <laughs> coming along.
0: Out of the grass we see a tiger leap towards Yaiba and it's quickly attacked with the bamboo sword that is holding. Yaba then recognizes it as Kage Tora and tells him not to bother him while training. So yeah, well what do you think about this tiger just coming out of nowhere?
1: Yeah, I mean I didn't I didn't think that he was any sort of antagonist here. I don't I didn't think that he was Yaiba's buddy either. Like I didn't really know what to think at this point, but it was kind of you know, our first kind of taste of Yaiba's impulsiveness, like he just attacks his tiger out of nowhere, but then he like scolds him. So I don't know, there was like a cute aspect to it, but also like a you know violent aspect as well. But uh, yeah, I was just uh, trying to gather my thoughts at this point because it, it is a bit of a whirlwind opening.
0: Yeah, we see the vulture fly past them and that's when we see the giant ape enter the training area. This forces the tiger to flee, but Yaiba stands his ground. He's actually not even facing him. He's looking the other direction, and he dodges the attack, and then he whacks the monkey in the face. The apes completely knocked out in a single hit, and everybody's celebrating, and that's when they notice that a whole band of apes have arrived, rather than just that one. And they kind of shriek in horror, and then we get the opening for the first time, which is Yukiga Ariba by Kabuki Rocks. And boy, I, I, I implore you all to Google Kabuki Rocks. Uh, obviously from the name, you can tell that they're dressed up in face paint to evoke Kabuki, which is like Japanese theater, uh, classic olden times, uh, theater. But, uh, they, they just look like kiss as well. So they're like Japanese <laughs> kiss and they're just ridiculous looking.
1: Yeah, that video, um, If any of you end up watching it, it's really like I was uh, dumbfounded, like flabbergasted. I I watched the whole thing with my mouth wide open. I was like, what is this? But it was both like odd, but very entrancing. (laughs) Like it's just so unique in its style. And I think my favorite part was near the end when the whole band is kind of just like i don't know what they were doing like, they're like running in place and then of course they're in their elaborate kabuki outfits and it was just like this is, it was just wonderful so please go watch it if you have time
0: back to the show Yaba asks his father what he should do and he tells his son that he must stay composed and read their presence and after saying this we see kinjiro and the animals both backing away from yaiba they're like hey it's your problem brother <laughs> Yaiba also turns his back to the apes while in deep thought. His dad then pushes his son towards the enemy, and that's when Yaiba starts to attack them, whacking them all with the bamboo sword. He's able to take out the entire squad and stands atop them. Kinjuro then proclaims, well done, but he's actually referring to his well-done roast that he eats rather than Yaiba's performance. Kinjuro is quite the character.
1: Oh, absolutely. Like He's like the gag master at this point. Um, yeah, I-, I was really... I was really digging Kenjuro, I think.
0: Well, I have some bad news. Apparently, this is the only episode in the anime that he appears in.
1: Oh, wow. <laughs> you know what? I'm not surprised because um, I was getting this vibe and it comes back later. There's like this, I don't even know if you can call it a trope, but I feel like they do it sometimes in anime where, you know, the main character's trained or it's is the son or daughter of somebody like really legendary. And then they're sent out into the world to, you know, make their own paths. And whenever they introduce themselves, they're like, Oh, I am, you know, the student slash son slash daughter of so-and-so. And And they're like, Oh my gosh. And so that kind of sets them apart from everybody. And I could totally feel that this is what was happening here when Yaiba does eventually go to the city. So the fact that Kenjuro just, never appears again and he's probably just gonna stay as you know a reference point of this legendary figure like oh well i mean (laughs) that's too bad because i I kind of i was liking seeing kenjiro's goofiness
0: and uh you know for as goofy as he does uh seem to be here he does get serious and he tells yaiba that he has nothing left to teach him and that he has to go to japan and train and uh that's when he bounces uh (laughs) (laughs) Really, he doesn't seem like father of the year material.
1: No, it's like, okay, I I can't tell which one's worse him or Koguro. Probably Koguro's better a a father. Like, once you get past his, like, gambling and womanizing ways, he does actually have a fatherly protective side to him. Kenjiro just kind of like, it's almost like, uh, you know, he fed this boy for. I don't even know how old Yaiba is. And then that was basically their relationship. Like He just passed on like this um, fighting style to him. But other than that, I don't know if he actually cares for the boy.
0: Well, I think he cares for him. I think he just wants to make sure he's the strongest he can be. And he needs a new challenge in life. So he's going off to Japan
1: <laughs> now, to you, live
0: with this random family. Were
1: you surprised at all by... Uh, him saying japan because i was just like oh wait a minute (laughs) like oh we're actually in this world
0: well that and i was like where are they now (laughs) is this not japan (laughs) but yeah like that's a very good point this is straight up like modern day japan well 1994 japan like it's not it's not like some alt history type stuff like this is straight up just japan from the looks of it of what we saw uh in that first episode later on it doesn't seem like we're dealing with a different world or anything.
1: Yeah. So anyways, that was just a little bit of a like, uh uh-huh moment. Like, I, I thought we were dealing with a totally different world.
0: The scene then shifts to an airport where we see a young girl named Sayaka Mine talking to her father, Reizo. He says that Kanjura has been his rival for years and that he can't call himself a Kendo master until he defeats him. Well, obviously it's not happening during this series. Sorry to no. hear that.
1: So I guess we're supposed to learn from this that Kenjiro did at some point live with uh I live in this society, lived in Japan since he knows Rezo. So I don't know, it's almost like now that you're telling me that Kenjiro doesn't show up, I just hope that we get some inkling of a backstory of like how Kenjiro ended up in the jungle. Well,
0: it sounds like uh, you know, he's a normal dude, just really good at sword fighting, had a kid left With the broad whom? and went to the woods <laughs> but the, the mom the left them and then as any person does they retreated into the the woods of a secluded island that's how i would handle a breakup anyhow i don't know about you
1: um yeah i'll get back to you on that i'm i'm trying to maybe i'll learn some life lessons from Kanjuro.
0: sayaka asked her father why his rival would ask him to take care of yaiba Rizzo says that it's just the type of irresponsible man that is. <laughs> we then see a ruckus being made over a kendo club arriving at the airport. And Sayaka says that Onimaru from her school won the Asian kendo tournament and that they just returned. And we see him and he has a shaved head and then a dot on his forehead. He kind of looks like a monk. What do you think about Onimaru this first, first glimpse at him? He looked pretty tough.
1: So a couple of things came to mind, uh, one of them being and now that I know that it this uh story was heavily inspired by Dragon Ball, like I immediately thought of Tien or Tenshinhan Han or who what however you call him. Um so I thought of Tien, uh shaved head and well, Tien has a third eye, but whatever, dot similar. But the other thing was because of the opening that we saw just minutes ago like i immediately knew i guess what was going to happen to this character so i don't know if we were meant to be you know surprised by his character arc but in the opening like i'm pretty sure you see the guy as what he becomes later on so it's almost like okay foreshadowing i know you're gonna be the antagonist at one point so let's see how you get there
0: well there's the second arc is indeed the Onomario arc.
1: Oh, he has a whole arc named after yeah. him. Okay.
0: We then see two kids run in front of an airport worker transporting some wooden boxes. And they make him suddenly stop, and that makes one of the boxes fall. To everybody's shock, Yaiba, Shonasuke, and Kagetora are all in the box. So it's just Yaiba falls out, and he's with a vulture and a tiger. And Yaiba doesn't know where he is. First off, I gotta say, It's very much like his father to (laughs) not, like, deal with a flight ticket. Like, he couldn't afford that, so he just put him as luggage.
1: Yeah, so this part, like, I didn't even think about it at the time. It just sort of happened. Like, he arrived in a box. I didn't even put two together that he wasn't an an actual passenger on the plane. But um, after, you know, watching the, the episode and then sort of reading about it to make sure I grasped all of the elements... Um, I think in the manga, uh, and it made more sense this way I found in the manga was that he accidentally gets put in a crate and shipped off. So it wasn't like purposeful that the dad was like, you, thou shalt go to Japan to continue your training. It's just, he's accidentally shipped away from the jungle. So it, in that context, I felt like, okay, the crate thing makes sense, but, uh, In this context, yeah, you're right, it just looks like is an irresponsible father.
0: A bunch of policemen surround him, and Yaiba believes that's a great way for him to train. He's about to fight them when he realizes he doesn't have his sword on him. So the police just assault this poor young child. And that's when the tiger fetches a flag banner from a civilian, and the vulture flies it over to Yaiba. So now he has a weapon in hand, and he quickly takes out the police force. He does this spinning attack. And like about 30 police officers just go flying. So uh, shout out to Yaiba beating up the police.
1: Yeah. I mean, so I was like just trying to understand what was going on in this entire scene. Uh, So maybe it would have helped if Yaiba had a name for his attack. You know, he didn't call out anything like spinning whirlwind or something. So uh, yeah, I was just trying to grasp that, you know, the purpose of the scene. Just to show
0: off that he's a badass and he's ready to fight anybody.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, so... What more do you need? I, I don't, actually. I guess I don't. Like, it was just like I was watching Goku, you know. I'll fight anybody, anytime, anywhere, because that's just all I want to do.
0: Yaiba hops on a transport cart and tells everybody to get out of his way as they can't catch him. However, Onamaru jumps onto the cart and hits Yaiba with a stick, knocking him down. So cool. <laughs> He was pretty cool. Is this your Kaito? You like the bad boy here? You're like, oh, Onamaru, <laughs> so cool. Um,
1: I don't know. I think he had. Uh, there were parts when he was kind of that you know bad boy strong type, and then other times, uh, like you could tell he had his weaknesses. So I don't know. He, I'm, I'm still not sure how I feel about him, especially knowing that I think he ultimately becomes the bad guy. So I'm still. Gonna um, reserve judgment for later.
0: Yaiba tells Anomaru that he's pretty strong, but Anomaru tells him that this isn't a playground for brats. Sayaka then yells at the kid making a scene and asks who he is, and that's when he declares himself a samurai named Yaiba. So that's when she learns that, oh shit, this is that kid we were taking care of.
1: (laughs) I also love, now that- (laughs) I I was just reminded of this. All she had to go off of was, like, a crayon drawing of him.
0: Yeah, it's really good. And it's something he drew himself, clearly. Yeah. Yaba then tells Sayaka, who's holding an umbrella, to state her name if she's a samurai as well. So she introduces herself as a girl. This completely blows Yaba's mind as, similar to Goku, he's never seen a woman before. And he's very infatuated by her, and he immediately lifts her skirt up. Uh.
1: <laughs> okay, so did you have any opinions on this?
0: Well, I will say, uh, having just watched the first episode of Detective Conan, there are quite a few similarities in Gosho Ayama's works. First off, each series has a free loader. <laughs> You've got Yaiba and Conan freeloading, trying to live with a respectable man, you know, Richard and... Rizzo, and then you have a lot of skirt looking up, because Yaba does it here, Ron's skirt goes up in the first episode of canon, then there's the gymnast skirt goes up, there's a lot of skirts. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I don't know, I feel like that's the the way anybody would meet a woman for the first time. I know that's what I do.
1: (laughs) Is that still a thing in 2020? No comment. (laughs) Um, I... So... I'm, when this kind of stuff happens in anime, especially, like, ones that aired, you know, back in the 90s, I, I I don't think you'd see it nowadays. Like, the newer series I've seen, like, they've taken elements that would have been normal in, you know, 80s, 90s, even 2000 anime, and they don't do those elements anymore. Like, the whole kind of, you know, almost... Or like aggressive kiss scenes or things like that. They just remove that kind of stuff. So this, although I don't think you'd see it nowadays, I don't particularly find offensive. Like, sure, it's not the best first you know, impression. A handshake might have sufficed, but I didn't mind it. Um, although... <laughs> I was also sort of not sure how old Yaiba was at this point. Like, I thought Yaiba was a lot younger. Like, he was a little boy. I'm, I'm, I'm
0: still not sure <laughs> okay. how old he is. But I, I will say to this, it didn't seem like it was a sexual thing he was doing. No, It seemed more just curiosity. Oh, you're a girl. I've heard about you. You apparently don't have a the uh, old penis. Yeah. So let me check it out. Right,
1: right. So <laughs> <laughs> I I was... I agree with you. Like that's that's sort of the innocence that's coming through here. He's never seen this. He wants to find out more. He's curious and he doesn't like um it doesn't uh, he's not obsessed with it. Like, okay, he lifts her skirt up and then like he moves along type of thing. He's not like staring at her for, you know, minutes on end. So I I don't think anyone should really be offended by it if there are people out there who are like, "Oh, that's" you know, that's so vulgar what whatnot, then, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but I think, you know, Yaiba was just do it, doing it out of innocence, innocent curiosity.
0: Well, you know, shout out to Sayaka. She is not defenseless. She whacks Yaiba <laughs> in the head for doing that with her umbrella. Yaiba then says that girl's hurt, and bloody boy, you don't know the half of it. You really do.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: So the, the police decide to chase after him again. And Rize says that it could be trouble. So he grabs Yaiba and tells Sayaka to run. And we see the animals following him. And that's when Onomaru repeats Yaiba's name and remarks that he's quite the funny kid.
1: So this was like the the, the animal. I want to focus on the animals following him. I don't know why, but at this point in the show, I was like, oh, okay. So it's going to be one of those uh, shows where... You've got, you know, <laughs> animal sidekicks that don't say anything. So they're going to be there for, like, comic relief or whatnot, or as, I don't know, some sort of emotional support to the main character. I'm just curious to see how how much Goshoyama follows through with that concept, because I don't know if uh, it's... Like, we don't have that in Conan, so I don't know how he's going to uh treat it for the rest of this series
0: what do you mean we have john the ultimate sidekick
1: he appears in one episode though i mean like if conan had i don't know a cat with him all the time or a dog or a parrot or something like always with him and
0: well that one guy has that chipmunk have you seen have you met him yet <laughs> no the chipmunk detective
1: oh my gosh no wait a minute have i oh yeah i did. yes i have met him but he's like a super serious guy
0: yeah, so I'm interested in seeing how they develop as well. Um We saw in that fight with the police that they can help him. They fetch the flagstaff for him and stuff like that. So I wonder if there'll be more of a combat aid once it gets more serious or something like that. We'll see how that develops over time. They then take a taxi to Yaba's new home, and hilariously, the tagger and vulture are laying on top of the taxi as if they're baggage, which gave me a good laugh. <laughs> Sayaka calls him a freeloader, and Yaba immediately looks through a window to see a kinder class underway. He tries to run away from Sayaka, and then a small woman jumps on the top of Yaba's head. Yaiba is astonished that they have a sacred baboon, and asks if they're feeding it properly, as this one is kind of wrinkly. However, it's actually the grandmother of the family, and not a baboon. You know, Colleen, have you ever... Mistaken somebody's grandmother for a baboon. <laughs>
1: um not as expressly as Yaiva did right now. <laughs> no, I'm kidding, no. I don't think I have. Have you?
0: No comment. <laughs>
1: I, I love how he particular how he's like a sacred baboon, like as if there's like I don't know, maybe in the jungle this is like a cultural thing. <laughs> like having sacred Yeah, hey, at least he didn't
0: just confuse her for one of those run-of-the-mill baboons. Exactly. I mean?
1: That's right. <laughs> also, wasn't was this grandmother in the OVA? I feel like I remember her.
0: Yeah, okay. she was. Okay. The grandmother charged Yaiba for not having any manners and Raizo reveals that he is Kinjiro's son, a kendo participant named Muto. Says that he's heard of Kenjiro, but that his son has no courtesy, so he can't forgive him. Yaba says Muto is a gorilla and has to fight him, so the grandmother tells Muto not to hold back.
1: So, sorry, is Muto saying that the that Yaba has no courtesy, like, over the comment he made to the grandmother?
0: Yeah, okay. he's trying to defend Granny's honor
1: here. Okay. Oh, well, that's kind of nice.
0: To have a duel with kendo swords, and Yaba turns his back on his opponent. So this seems to be his signature opening move here which is i can't say it's very uh good strategically (laughs) but i think it does speak to uh and they bring this up repeatedly during the episode that he fights on kind of feeling rather than technique in that you know he's all about it's all natural skills so i feel like this is him getting into the zone and he's gonna feel the person's stick like going through the wind, and he's gonna dodge that. So it's, he's all going through Phil here, mm-hmm. and Muto's is about to attack when Yabba dodges it, and he breaks his opponent's sword and hits Muto so hard that he gets stuck in the ceiling. Everybody's astonished by his rough skill, and he celebrates with both the Tiger and the Vulture here. What do you think about Yabba kicking some ass here?
1: Oh, I thought it was great. Um, so totally with you on the the purpose of or like his style. Of how it's just sort of out of raw talent and strength and instinct. Um, I think it also serves as a way for the other characters to be wowed by him or astonished that okay, he started out in this position. He's not even looking at his opponent, but he's what he's able to do afterwards. So it's very much sort of out of the norm for them because they like. I mean, they're a kendo. kendo school i I was about to say dojo i don't think that's what they call them but like so they you know train a certain way but to have this young boy come in and just like unconventionally beat you know a guy who studies kendo i think that really surprised everyone and kind of made them realize okay yaiba is more than what he looks like
0: there are dojos apparently so okay there you go i googled kendo dojos and there's all kinds of dojos The next day, we see Sayaka running late for school, and Yaiba runs up to her, and he's like, what school? (laughs) She explains the concept to Yaiba, who likens it to training, and says that there must be a lot of strong people there. Sayaka decides to play a prank on him, and tells him that there's a bunch of strong monsters that will eat him. He's shocked that they're so strong, and rather than being dissuaded by this, he tells Sayaka not to worry, as he will protect her from them. Yaiba says that he's itching for a fight, and he's astonished at how huge a house the school building is. So he he really has no real concept of the outside world.
1: Yep, it's pretty much uh, Goku here.
0: (laughs) Sayaka tries to run away from Yaiba, who remarks that he doesn't see any huge monsters. He then runs into Onimaru and challenges him to a fight. However, Onimaru declines because Yaiba is weaker than him. And that his skills would actually lessen if he were to fight such a poor opponent. Yaiba is offended by this. And he goes to attack on Who dodges a strike. Yaiba tumbles through the air. And he eventually strikes the Kendo teacher named Sudo. And Sudo asks what the little kid is doing. And he lifts him up. And we don't actually see the fight here. But we do get to see the aftermath. The scene switches to Yaiba in the nurse's office. And he's being touched up by Sayaka. And he looks pretty unharmed. And that's when Sayaka tells him to be quiet as Sudo will cause a riot if he wakes up again. And that's when we see Sudo in a pretty much a full body cast. He's all banged up from this fight. Yeah, I was really making an entrance to the school here.
1: Yeah. And I don't know. I found it a little endearing that he the, the only purpose for him was to f- fight off these monsters. Like he didn't actually realize what he did. Like he's just super oblivious to all of it.
0: Yaba remarks that he thought a kendo teacher would be more powerful. Sayaka then tells Yaiba to join the kendo club if he wants to fight Onimaru so badly. Yaba says that he's thought of something good, and we then see Onimaru remarking that all of his equipment is missing. He then finds a drawing from Yaiba on it in his bag, and he runs off to find him once again, using that signature crayon style of his.
1: <laughs> see, like Deadpool wasn't the first one to do it.
0: Onamaru finds a piece of his gear next to a window, and he pulls on it, which causes a bucket of water to fall, but he dodges it. Onomaru says childish pranks won't work, and that's when we see Yaiba laying on the top of the roof, waiting for his opponent to arrive. Uh, so we get a couple little scenes here, and there's one part where Yaba goes a little overboard here, where Onomaru tries to pick up his chest protector, and then an arrow fires out, cutting his cheek. And he's like, damn, I guess not everything is a childish prank.
1: Yeah. What is this kid? It's just escalating from there, I find.
0: I mean, I get like he lives in the wild, so he's kind of treating it as if he's messing with a prey or something, but calm down, little guy.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's what that's the whole point of it, right? You put this kid who's, you know, in an unfamiliar environment and he does these wacky things, and for him it's normal, but for, you know, the rest of the people in the show and I guess the viewers, we're just like, this is insane. <laughs>
0: Onomaru finally gets the, to the roof, and Yaiba is holding his Kendo mask. Yaiba asks for a fight, but is once again denied, so he throws the mask over the guardrail. Onomaru goes to catch it and falls off the roof, but he's able to leap off a tree branch to land unharmed. is impressed, but Onomaru then falls into a ditch that Yaiba dug, showing that Yaiba was actually thinking a few steps ahead. I, wasn't, I was not I surprised that he had the mental capacity to be this tricky. Like This was pretty smart.
1: Yeah, the foresight. um, I mean, so I'll give him that, but what he does next is just, I think he crosses the line a little bit.
0: Yaba gives the fill in the ditch with volleyballs, and he asks again if Onomaru will fight him. Onomaru says, not until he will die. And that's when Yaba throws a series of weights onto Onomaru, and he's just laughing. This dude dumped, like, hundreds of pounds on this poor guy.
1: okay like i get he's trying to pull these pranks on onimaru to get him to fight him but dude he was out to kill the guy right now like it's one thing to steal his equipment or even make him fall into the ditch but he's like throwing dumbbells at him like i don't i mean i get it this is what we see in anime but i'm just trying to picture uh like and nobody reprimands him for this either
0: If anything, Yaiba's coming across as the villain here. Yeah. Onimaru hasn't done anything wrong. He won his (laughs) kendo tournament, he's proud of his school, he wants to just keep improving his training, and then here comes this wild man tormenting him, and he doesn't even go to the school.
1: Exactly. So Onimaru is just, you know, trying to live out his life, be the best person he can be, the best fighter he can be, and... Uh, obviously this kid can't mind his own business in the same way so it's interesting that you mentioned that Yaiba comes off as the bad guy here cause I guess what and I don't maybe this this theory is to- totally not going to be relevant in the second episode but like I wonder if depending on which perspective you look at you know one is actually the protagonist and the other is the antagonist vice versa kind of thing like Onimaru is the hero of his own story essentially and Yaiba's just kind of in his way <laughs>
0: Yeah, we'll see how it develops. Uh, I wasn't paying attention during the opening, so you were talking about how Onamaru's is going to change and become the villain and stuff. I really have no clue what's going to happen, because <laughs> I think I googled the band while that was playing. <laughs> I was just off in my own little kiss fantasy. Oh, yeah. While, uh, right. while that was happening, so I totally blanked on that. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to next time we cover this. I'll get to learn more.
1: Yeah, there's uh, the opening definitely has a lot of tells, and there's like another character in there that... I anticipate might be my favorite, but I'm i mean, I'm not going to make promises, but he did seem interesting to me.
0: We see a lightning storm start to commence, and we finally get the Kendo duel, and it's on a pedestrian overpass in the middle of the city, and Mara says he won't forgive Yaiba and Sayaka asks them to stop, but she knows that it's not going to happen. Uh, this this part in particular reminded me of that one Yama short story, the, the Kendo-focused one. Where he kept fighting. There's so many fights in that. And it just kind of reminded me of that. That was a lot more serious in how it took the fights. Compared to this being far more cartoonish and over the top. But it just reminded me of that one for a bit there. Uh, I'm trying to think what what it was called. Uh, Might have been Play It Again.
1: It's the one where the the grandpa turns into a young man, right?
0: Yeah, Play It Again. Let's, Let's Google. Play It Again. Yeah, that's correct. Always right. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you always are. Don't doubt yourself.
0: Two swordsmen run at each other, and they both lose their balance, and they fall on top of a moving truck. Yaba attempts to charge at his foe, but he loses his footing and crashes into the windshield of a truck behind them. Onomaru then charges at Yaba, who dodges the attack, and then the windshield is completely destroyed. The truck driver then loses control due to the duel and crashes into a grocery store. And the two maniacs continue to duel while fruits and other food fly at them. The truck comes out the other side, and that's when we see Yaiba and Onomaru covering broken eggs, ice cream, there's an octopus. <laughs> Yaiba has like a fruit like pierced through his sword. Like These guys are a mess.
1: But it was a fun scene, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely <laughs> fun. Onomaru says that Yaiba has no real skill and comes only at him with his instincts, but he's also leaving no openings. The truck gets back on the road, and Onomaru eventually hits Yaiba, forcing him to fall onto a small red car driven by an old lady. Yaiba sees a nearby truck with huge metal pipes in the back, and he tosses one at Onomaru, who's amazingly able to destroy it with a slice. Like, you have a wooden sword, dude. How are you doing this?
1: <laughs> I don't know. It's just, he he can do anything.
0: Yeah, but there's a series of them at Onamaru and he follows it up with an attack of his own. However, Yaiba slips on the car and crashes into Onimaru. The two kind of fall off the highway, and they, they're fighting in midair here. Eventually, Yaiba bites Onimaru's head, and the two crash onto a van. And Onimaru, Oni, Onimaru has this huge bite mark, and he's all bloody. I felt bad for him.
1: Okay, so, <laughs> me too. But the entire time that they were fighting... No blood was drawn until Yaiba actually bit him. So it was like, is this really how you're going to get your first wound? Apparently, yes.
0: And due to the bite, Yaiba finally gets a clean hit on Onimaru's head. And Onimaru basically goes into the fetal position. And Yaiba is excitedly celebrating his win. And that's when he gets decked by a traffic sign and finds himself completely flattened <laughs> out.
1: Kind of deserve it.
0: Nobody wins. Nobody wins here. They're both damaged. Later that night, Yaiba is getting attended to by Sayaka and is screaming due to his wound stinging. She tells him that Onimaru doesn't complain like this, and that's when we see Onimaru completely complaining like this as he's tending to his wound and one the same way, and the episode ends with them both yelling at hurts in unison, which I thought was a, a funny little ending to these two guys.
1: Yep, a rivalry has begun.
0: And we get the ending song, which is also by Kabuki Rocks. And I'm not even going to try to say it. <laughs> Shinji-kunaki Tatakai. So I guess I did say it. Yeah, that classic. Right. Yeah, the classic Kabuki Rocks tune. So, Colleen, I must ask, what you think of Yaiba's... Your first foray into the world of <laughs> Yaiba? What did you think about the episode?
1: Uh, oh, wow. So, I thought... It reminded me a lot of things, Um, and we already talked about the Dragon Ball Z element, or not Dragon Ball Z, just Dragon Ball, Um, like, so I'll go further with that. Like, Sayaka, at one point, uh, started reminding me of Bulma a little bit, like, the relationship she was developing with Yaiba was very reminiscent.
0: Do you think they wind up having a romantic love interest?
1: It's funny that you mentioned that. So from watching this first episode, I did not get that feeling at all. But then of course, when I read about it after the fact and read about these characters a little bit more, the the term love interest did come up when talking about these two. And I don't know if I see it. We'll see how things progress. But I mean, it could work. It could be cute. Again, that But that goes back to my point, like how old is Yaiba? I guess they're the same age or he's maybe slightly younger than her
0: if he's the same age then he's like a midget he's
1: super short yeah
0: yeah he's super short and tiny i don't think that i think maybe yaiba will like uh try to impress her and stuff i don't know if she'll ever seriously be into him though but we'll see how it develops i
1: mean like ang and katara from avatar you never know
0: (laughs) i'm not a nerd so i I have no clue that that reference
1: (laughs) okay well maybe somebody out there will get it But yeah, so Sayaka really gave me like Bulma vibes, but then she also kind of went into the realm of Ran a little bit, and then also Botan from Yu Yu Hakusho, but that might have been just the the ponytail because Botan has blue hair and is totally different. But, anyways, so she was reminding me a lot of things. Um, Onimaru, of course, was reminding me of the classic anime sort of rival where, you know, he's the one that's skilled and he has put all this work into his craft and then, you know, one day uh, uh, just like this random kid shows up and he has all the talent that the other guy doesn't possess and just like the raw skill and of course they're going to butt heads because they come from two very different uh, styles of fighting. Like I don't even know if what Yaiba was taught was Kendo I suppose since Kendro and Raizo were kendo rivals but like so i can see um that rivalry between onimaru and yaiba already developing because they come from very two different backgrounds and philosophies and fighting so there's a lot of like strong high concept points here mixed in with like this goofy hijinks bound episode like i'm really curious to see if this thing actually has a plot because right now it just kind of seems like these random you know uh high action scenes happening all at once and it's just like bam 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 in your face and yaiba is kind of like obnoxious yet at the same time he's really cute and funny so i don't know i'm i'm excited to see where the series goes and i i did enjoy watching this first episode um so yeah i'm just looking forward to it and i had a lot of fun picking out uh the voice actors i don't know if you went through that exercise at all
0: No, I'm very bad at recognizing voices, especially in Japanese, so I never notice anybody. Uh, When I watch anime with a friend, he'll always be like, Oh, do you know who that is? They voice one of your favorite characters in them. My answer is always, I have no clue.
1: (laughs) Okay, so I'll just name off a few. Um, So Yaiba is voiced by uh, Minami Takayama, who also voices Conan.
0: Huh, and Oyama's ex wife. Exactly.
1: So yeah, next time, uh, I guess for episode two, maybe. You'll hear... Like, I I heard it right away, so I don't know um, if it's just that she didn't change her voice at all, (laughs) but um, yeah, it pretty much sounded like Conan to me. Sayaka is voiced by um, a character we haven't met yet in the anime. Um, It's... I don't know if I should mention her. Like, she's a member of the Black Organization, so she comes down the line later on. Vermouth? Uh, Kier. It's Kier. Oh. Yeah, she's also the voice of, uh, this voice actress is also the voice of Sailor Moon, so she's pretty famous, I think, in their world. And then, of course, Takeshi was voiced by um, the same guy who voices our boy, Heiji Hattori. And also Vegeta, but, I mean, that's a different show. Huh. Would it not, I I didn't think Hattori
0: was Vegeta, that's... Crazy. I didn't think
1: so either, but so I've never actually, uh, watched. Like I've seen clips of the Japanese, uh, Dragon Ball Z and Dragon Ball Super stuff, but Vegeta has like, I don't know. Vegeta's voice is just like more familiar to me in the dub. So that's the voice of Vegeta. So the Japanese voice, I'm not as familiar with it, but. But, like, when Take- Takeshi was talking, I was like, who is that? Is that Takagi? No. Like, I knew I knew the voice. And when I looked it up, I'm like, oh, of course, it's Heiji. So, yeah. I, didn't, I just thought it was fun. Like, we also see repeated voices in, um, like, the short story. So it's fun to see how, like, you know, it's the same voice, but you get, like, a different character altogether. And that, like, just totally changes your perception of uh of that voice actor so yeah it was just fun to see that uh, element as well
0: so who did he voice
1: in this Takeshi uh sorry Takeshi Onimaru
0: okay so the man Onimaru yeah the the bald guy I never noted down his first name so I did a quick control f and I was like where the hell is Takeshi (laughs) sorry (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm really excited to see how the show kind of carves out its own feeling because I like you said it was just a lot of like huh, it was a bunch of bits and pieces from stuff I've seen before. I'm really interested in seeing how it gets its own identity over time, if it ever does, and how to see it all progresses. I'm sure there's going to be an overarching plot. I really have no clue where it's going to go. And I will just say, like, from what I saw this first episode, Onamaru seems like one of those, like you said, you mentioned he was like a rival. He doesn't really seem like a villain yet. And in fact, like, kind of like a Yamcha or Tien, since we keep talking about (laughs) Dragon Ball. Like he seems like one of those rivals that will eventually go to Yabu's side, and I don't know what happens in the manga after it. Obviously, we're only covering you know a couple arcs of the the story because of you know we're just doing the anime and it didn't cover everything. I'm curious if he ever joins sides or if he just kind of goes to the background, and is forgotten about. You know, it'll be interesting to see how that all develops. Mm-hmm. But I definitely enjoyed watching this first episode. Uh, It's definitely a side of Oyama we don't really get to see a ton with Conan. uh, It's more of of a sense of humor and a little bit more action-oriented. And we kind of saw that a bit with those uh, short stories, which I I enjoyed them for the same reason. They're not Conan, and we get to see a different side of them. And this is definitely not Conan.
1: (laughs) No. It's so funny to see what actually uh, becomes popular with people. Because, like, why did Conan take off? at least in japan as much as it did and not yaiba like i guess yaiba had its run like the manga at least but i don't know why the anime only has you know a portion of the manga covered
0: yeah the the manga went 24 volumes so that's a pretty good span when it was released for over five years so like it definitely had a you know successful run we'll get to learn more about it i'm also excited to watch those future ovas a bit more now that i've got some Yaiba and I understand a little bit so I feel like I'll appreciate that crossover a bit more in the future
1: yeah I think it'll definitely be a lot of fun because the first time around I'm like I have no idea who this kid is I know that he's one of Gosho other characters but I didn't really appreciate all of the uh like his story entering the Conan universe so yeah like you said I I think it'll be fun to rewatch that when whenever we get to it and whatever a few years
0: yeah so uh that'll do it for our look at yaiba here i want to thank everybody for subscribing to the patreon if you're listening to this we appreciate it and uh let us know what you thought about yaiba we'll be checking the comments i'm definitely interested in talking to some other people about this if this is your first time watching we'd love to go through this together and we're going to be on the discord
1: and i think we need support (laughs) like after watching this you know weird thing like i think we should band together and try and understand it
0: yeah yeah so uh keep on up with it we'll be doing coverage of it intermittently it's not going to be a weekly thing as there's a bunch of ideas we want to get through but we'll keep on coming back to yaiba here and work our way through the series 52 episodes, so we've we got 51 left to go, Colin.
1: <laughs> well, that seems like a more manageable number than, what is it now, 984?
0: Yeah, Conan's too much.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or not enough, depending on how you look at it. Maybe too much for a podcast.
0: <laughs> Thank you guys for listening, we'll talk to you next time, and uh, I don't know if the truth always prevails this time. Do you have a spiffy closing line for Yiva, Colin?
1: Um... I don't even know. Does Yaiba have a catchphrase? Like, he's like, hi, yeah. No, he doesn't even do that. I don't know.
0: Say you're a samurai.
1: I'm a... <laughs> or should I say I'm a girl? You're a, you're the samurai, I'm a girl.
0: Goodbye from Tyler and I'm a samurai. And
1: I'm a girl.